Hello and welcome back Boneheads, this is Rich and I'm joined once again by Ben. Hey everybody, on today's episode, episode number 20, we're going to be talking about Sewer Bowl 7s, our Blood Bowl 7s tournament. We're going to be answering some questions and some bits and pieces from mailbags and the usual games, hobby and star players. News updates. Okay, so over to news. Rich, what have we got this week? Nothing on Kickstarter, nothing on Indiegogo, um, but we do have some shout-outs and some uh, leagues and a couple of tournaments and bits and pieces to chat about. Um, so I think about a week ago, we chucked out a message kind of going, hi, help us, because there's nothing going on in the real world, um, and ended up um, getting a, a few people coming to us and kind of asking a few questions. Um, so the first guy that came through to us was a guy called Noah, um, who is running a new Blood Bowl league in Toronto. Um, I don't know many more details other than that. However, he said, if you go to Games Workshop Young and Lawrence in Toronto, ask for Noah, and he'll point you in the right direction. I'm guessing it's the same Noah. That's quite cool, if it's an actual Games Workshop. It'll be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Although I saw on our local one the other day, they had a couple of Blood Bowl teams in. Uh, yeah, they've got the Blood Bowl teams, but I don't think they run a league or anything no. in the shop. I mean, the Southampton one is quite small, to be fair. It is tiny. It is tiny, but Rod's awesome. Rod is very awesome. Rod is very awesome. In fact, most of the crew work there are. Most of them. Most. Most. We won't name names on, on, on one. But yes. Um, so, yeah, if you're in Toronto or close enough and, and you fancy being a part of a new Blood Bowl league, then uh, give an Irish out. Games Workshop, Young and Lawrence. Head on down. Um, so, there is a tournament coming up in Banbury, UK on the 20th of July called Now That's What I Call Blodging 2019. Yeah, I saw that. Which, to be fair, I love. That's a great name. <laughs> um... They are, it looks like a, a fairly standard league, um, sorry, a fairly standard tournament. Um, you get 1.15 uh, million to be able to, to create your team, and then depending on the, the tier um, team you choose, which I think there were four, in fact. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that's um, worked out, I need to have another look at that. Um, but you get um, a certain number of skills to be able to, to include on. Uh, three games, um, but if you're free, 20th of July, anywhere near Banbury, that's not too far from us really, is it? I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, Banbury's near Oxford, I think. We've gone further. We got lost there on the way to Birmingham, didn't we? We so did. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go on down there and, and, and have a little squiz. Um, there is... Oh, we wanted to chat about Black Orc Down, didn't we? Sure. Do you want to do that now or do you want to do that another? No, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Black Orc Down. So, these are guys that I had a, a chat to about a month or so ago. I just said, hi, would you mind if we had a, a conversation about you at some point? And then... We, uh, I think we've seen a couple of bits come through at the moment, is, um, is wood-turned Blood Bowl trophies. There's quite a lot of them out there, to be fair. There are quite a lot of them out there. Um, he's, he's kind of taken it by storm. Though. I think his average size one's about 25 quid. That's not bad at all. That's not really. bad at all. Chuck a fiver or so on for postage, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a really nice keepsake as well. It's lovely, lovely look done. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a, a, something that's a bit different, and then... Give him a shout. Go have a look on his Facebook page, Blackhawk Down. Um, really good bits and pieces he's coming through with. Um, we also noticed that there's someone doing new 3D renderings of Blood Bowl players. So he initially did uh, an orc, and then he's it was a troll that caught your eye, wasn't it? This one here. That one there. Yeah, Windsor Chog Miniatures. So just flicking through um, the Blood Bowl group, there was this massive troll that he's done. And this, the one, I took a screenshot of it because I was like, we want to talk about our podcast. I did message to say, hey, can I can I talk about it? And this troll would be absolutely amazing for Ripper. And oh, loads really? of people commented 
saying, we need this model, like, can you do this model, can you do this model, which I think was really good. Yeah, um, brilliant. I assume he actually sells some other models. He does, I've seen a centaur of his, so he's done fantasy in the past, um, but he's kind of been bitten by um, the fantasy football bug by the looks of it, and he's done, done two different um, treatment, one of which just looks like a giant dryad. I saw that, that looks really looks cool. brilliant, and I want it. Like, that would be perfect for a, um, a deep root for me. Uh, I don't know if that guy's too big or too small. Yeah, well, that depends. If he's if he's gone for, like, a dryad size... Oh, yeah, I remember going through the shop because they had all the goblins that are riding around yes. and other goblins, which I thought was <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, they all hear the orc blitzer. He's got that massive troll. And, oh, no, that tree guy is huge. I'm assuming... Oh, there's two tree guys. There is tree. There's, yeah. there's one that's chunky, and that there's guy. one. There's one. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he would make a. Well, to be fair, he'd make a really good um, deep root, but he'd also make a really good troll for under. Oh, I like that. Underworld like that. Is really gnarly. That dryad is creepy. I it's love it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's got uh, the face is very crude. <laughs> yeah, from a 40k. It is very crude. So that's Windsor Chog Miniatures. Whether these ones are out for sale or yet. Whether these ones are out for sale or not, yeah, I don't think they are. I the don't think they ones. are. But go like it um, and encourage him because these models are brilliant. And this is something that's really cool. So Games Workshop are doing a brilliant job of bringing out the teams. They are. All of the teams mm. are really good. There are some that, you know, you don't take your fancy. That's absolutely fine. But the core teams themselves, the value and the miniatures, are brilliant. It hasn't stopped other quick kick, uh, other Kickstarters, which is cool. So we saw the Pirates one absolutely oh, smash it. Amazing. Um, which is brilliant as well, but there is a massive gap for really good star player miniatures. Yeah, there really is, and and it's these types of guys who are kind of going, I wonder if this is any good, well, where it. we need to encourage further and kind of go, seriously, you need to start putting this in resin or metal, mate. And <laughs> because, because for £20, you can get one of the Forge World, like Forge World Griff or something. Yeah. These big models are normally about, they could be that same price, even if they ended up getting 3D printed. It's such a cool individual per, um, per, purchase. Yeah, it really is, and I think we need to, to encourage more of the um, the, the third-party guys and the, um, the 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 creators. I think that a lot of times we we get stuck on the um, on the bigger companies like Grebo, who keep doing it, and we forget about the, the, the smaller guys like like Windsor Chug, who can produce something which is just fantastic, which which would work wonders for what we do. Unless, you know, someone like Grebo wants to buy their miniatures from them and, and cast them, then I think that's just as good. I'm oh, just, yeah. just as happy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As long as we get them. <laughs> no, excellent. Get them like, for some really good work. Yeah. So that's Windsor Chog Miniatures. Go give them a like and uh, send them encouragement so that I'm pretty sure it's probably just one guy can get these cast up for Blood Bowl. Yes, definitely, definitely. I have one more shout-out. Go for it. Um, I'm going to use a full name. We don't normally do full names because we worry about... Um, uh, data protection and all of that. However, um, this gentleman has said that you need to be able to speak to him um, via fumble or face ache. Um, and his name is Duncan Tricky. Obviously, you're not going to find him if you don't have his surname. So put in Duncan in the um, search for Facebook. <laughs> and you're only going to be stuffed, aren't you? Um, but he is setting up a, uh, a Blood Bowl League in New Zealand. Now, apologies in advance. I believe it's called the Otago, Facebook, uh, the, the Otago Blood Bowl League. Um, if it is said differently, I, I am sorry. Um, which is in Dunedin, Dundin, Dunedin, D-U-N-E-D-I-N. I am so very English that I don't quite know what I'm doing with that. Um, but if um, what we can do, if there's a Facebook page for that, Duncan, let us know. Um, we'll put up a, a post and share it out and around. 
so I don't embarrass myself any further. I, <laughs> acc- I accidentally found the Otago Blood Bowl community, and the, the first post or the, the biggest post is Otago good, Blood Bowl good. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I, like, I like these guys. Otago good, Blood Bowl good. So, most importantly, we're recording this episode just before uh, Bonehead Bowl on Saturday. So this episode will come out very first thing Saturday morning. So anybody out there listening, say hello when you get to the tournament. Say you listen to today's episode, that would be awesome. But um, anybody else that's listening, I'm afraid if you're listening now and you're more than an hour away from Paul, you're probably too late to join the tournament. Probably. probably. We're, we've got, I think, 15, 16 people signed up at the moment and... It's quite cool, actually. This last week, we've had more people interested say, oh, I'm around, I'll come along, I'll come along, which is very cool. We've got some great teams there. So, Bonehead Bowl is our mixed mixed team tournament. So, most people are taking mixed teams. They are. There are two who are taking vanilla teams. At the moment. moment. We're still waiting on a few team lists to come in, which I think is by the by for tournaments. Yeah, apologies for the delay on mine. That's all right. (laughs) It's your only job. That's okay. (laughs) Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the final meta is. A lot of undead teams, which is cool. Mm. Or split undead. A lot of trolls. Yeah, loads of trolls. People have just gone all out on trolls. It's, yeah. it's going to be amazing. Um, if our practice games are anything to go by, it will be big guys with not enough skills and not enough rerolls. Yes. So kind of like giant Blood Bowl 7s. Yep. <laughs> yes. Which I think is great. I think there's at least two teams that are taking absolutely zero rerolls as well. Just to go for fun. Uh, that, that I like that. Like just that. to be able to stick in an extra couple of players or I can't afford this troll if I have these two rerolls <laughs> so forget the two rerolls <laughs> I'm just going to take the troll so yeah we've got a lot, lot of teams coming and we've got a lot of prizes and we'll be playing it in tournament in pool so the next episode we'll talk about how it went what we've learnt and if everyone enjoyed it if yeah. anyone enjoyed it I'm hopefully sure we'll, um, we'll get a, a bit of feedback from people and, and let you know what real people say and not just how we think it went yeah um, and we'll be talking about our next tournament in our first topic today. Sevens. Sewer Bowl Sevens, which will be a Blood Bowl Sevens um, one day, which I'm just as excited for. Yeah, We've got some great prizes, yeah. but like I said, we'll cover that in a minute. Okay, so over to hobby and games. Rich, what have you been playing? I've uh, been playing a little bit of BB2 recently. Um, last night, night before, I played my human team against uh, another human team. Ended up getting a, a 2-1 win. Um... So what um, what team value is this human team? So you've got Nine. about eight, I think. <laughs> no, I get bored after they get to when they get to about eighteen hundred, and I delete and then do another one. Eighteen hundred is a massive amount. So when they start having to pay for themselves, yeah, 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 that's it, and I, I start getting rid of it. That's why Blood Bowl needs a premium tier, a different set of rules for two million and above. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We spoke about that before, actually. We did mention it. About having a 32-man roster. Yes. So you end up with an offence and a defence. I like that. Yeah. I still like that. I do too. But, you know, that's because more Blood Bowl is more better. <laughs> you imagine the size of that display tray. <laughs> I'll build it. <laughs> oh, no, you just have two. One for offence, one for defence. <laughs> True. It's so good. You'd have one just for kick-off, won't you, as well, for Ooh, the special teams. <laughs> that, that's, that's three million and above. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's kick-off return. Um, but yeah, mine was thirteen fifty. Um, he was around twelve hundred. Okay, so not not too disparate. No, no, no. He um he took a wizard, um, which um injured my edge for thrower. See, I love wizards as 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 the the balancing act. Yeah, they really are. Um, have you heard the the uh, the rumours about Blood Bowl three? Yes, coming out next year, twenty twenty. Apparently so. Yeah, but they um it was all part of a um 
a big poster of this company going, we're doing all these new games and we're going to do Blood Bowl 3 with brand new rules. And then the whole Blood Bowl community went, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden another trailer came out and Blood Bowl 3 wasn't included on it. Well, like you said, it was a, it was a, word, it was a wording thing where it was kind of like, uh, to match the rules of a new box or something. It was, yeah, yeah. that was it. And it was just, I, I, the wording I think was, was completely... <laughs> completely wrong oh, and so that. literally the, the the hardcore blood ball community when you were not changing our rules just had a meltdown yeah no. well, in fact I think they're just coming in line potentially with the tabletop game which would be really cool especially as like you said the guy took a wizard so it would be cool to see some of the new wizards on there yeah um, it's probably a lot easier to get all the options together on a video game than it is to have them over multiple spikes I mm. mean but if you want to know about wizards check out our last, last episode episode 19 we talked all about all of the current wizards and not wizards inducements that are nearly wizards. We talked all magic. We did. We talked all magic. Um, yeah. So that was sort of my my extent on there. I tend to only do it when I'm painting. Um, however, I played a game of sevens with Randall recently. Yes, I saw this. So I took a uh, Norse sevens team, and Randall created a sevens team out of his secret beastman team. You see, I love this, and this is another great thing about sevens is it's different builds. So I popped this in our Age of Sigmar group chat the other day to be like, guys, what, what do you actually like about Age of Sigmar? And a bunch of people said the builds, like just building your army, designing your army. And it's really the same for Blood Bowl. Um, you know, you've got the standard teams for, for normal Blood Bowl, and then you've got Sevens, which reduces it, and then you've got Stunty teams as well. So, yeah. you know, he must have absolutely loved that because he's building something completely new and completely different. Yeah, he did. And when we started putting a bit more paint on it, um, he decided... A week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah he wanted. Um, I basically gave him a Nineteen Cantor model because I'm trying to ah, produce awesome. what I've got. And he said, "Oh, that's going to be the coach for my Beastman team." Oh, uh, well, that's cool. Uh, all right. So, what are you going to do with that then? Flavor judge. Flavor judge. Yeah. But <laughs> he decided that he um, this Nineteen Cantor was a wizard who created his own living statues to play Blood Bowl with. Oh, that's fantastic! So I've um I sprayed them all black. I went at an angle. Um, from one side, from the same side on all of them, so hopefully it looks a bit more like there's a bit of light shining through. Yeah. With grey, and we're going to wash it all down and and put some uh, hex rays flame or nylac oxide or something. That is very cool. glowing eyes and stuff. So nice and simple, but should hopefully be quite effective. Well, they only come to life when he decides, which kind of makes sense. No, that is that is. See, that's amazing. Yeah. Ah. I love Killer Randall. <laughs> He's great. He does such a good job. <laughs> he really does. He, he keeps you on your toes. <laughs> Definitely keeps you on your toes. Like, I want to make these guys look like statues, Daddy. Right. Well, to be fair, there's a load of um, the cool Stormcast that have done that. Yeah, it was when I did a Google search and I started seeing it all pop up. I was like, oh no, that's not as difficult as I thought. No, some of them look absolutely insane. And the, what, I think you've done some test model, models. I've done one. I've done one toss, that test model. That was it. Were you going to do different coloured lights for the positionals? Or yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. They, they look really good. So I'm going to do like, um, I'm hoping to do um, Nylac Oxide to use as um, just <coughs> gauze. Sorry, no. So the basic ones. I might use a, a glaze or, a, or something similar to be able to, like a red one. Uh, best of goals? Yeah. I wonder if yeah, um, over time, as you build up the contrast paints, they might work well for like, oh, eye shadows and things like mm. that. Eye shadows, you know, just eye in shadows. case you run out. On the <laughs> <laughs> uh, War paint. A bit of blusher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a quick shifty, but he's, um, yeah, we started doing that. He's desperate to paint them before August when we go to, to this tournament. Oh, he's got time. Oh, that's why I said He's got them. time, which is really cool. You've already made a start with some of the players. He's got his list down. Yep. He knows what he's taking. That's awesome. Oh, God, I hope you have a really good time. Yeah, me too. I think he's going to love it. I I'm think sure a smaller key event will, will do it as well. I almost brought him Saturday. 
Well, if we were looking to be what we were expecting for Bonehead Bowl, which was like, you know, six to ten people, I think that would have been great. Mm. But now we're sort of on the way to 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I, might, I might need you to do things. Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm there to do things. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame because actually it would be really cool to see him running around. I don't know. You can bring him and he can take your place. Yeah, I'll have a chat. I'll have a chat yeah. to Nat. <laughs> Find out what she wants. Um, other than that, I've been hobbying. It's the it's the last minute. Yeah, I didn't paint my team ready for the tournament at the weekend. Look, it's Tuesday. The tournament is Saturday. <laughs> you are fine. I have now done this three, four times, and it's always on the blooming Friday. That said, my team not finished. Yeah, um, but I'm off Friday to finish up all the paperwork and the painting and the pitch. So I'll be doing the same thing. I think. Awesome. Yeah. I'll I'm not doing anything Friday night just so I can prep and paint. Yeah, I'm not. Where the tournament doesn't start till 10.30, if we're up painting till midnight, it's actually okay. Yeah, it's not the end of the road at all, is it? No, you have to get up at like 8. Sorry? Well, I do. Yeah, I'll be up at like half 5. I made different life decisions. <laughs> I'm, I made a tribe. Remind me of this in like four years. I will, mate. Yeah. I, I will. I'll, I'll bring you straight back to this I episode. I will be very whiny. <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. Um, I have been working on my mixed team for the tournament. There's a lot of gold trim, and I've got the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay once you're rolling, like it's all right. But I have this problem where I paint one guy, do all the gold trim, and I'm like, oh, I just need to ink it now. And then I get distracted inking it, and then I'm like, oh, this looks really good. And then I look over, and there's still another five mummies to do mm. and I start, I've done the most of the base colours on the, the, the normal boring guys which is a bit you know but it looks cool and I've got the team trade to finish off so there's so much hobby going on it's brilliant that's good I'm very excited for that very excited for Saturday because we've seen a lot of pictures of people and there's, there's so many trolleys stuff to be fair a, a quick shout out to Joe because he's created his own dugout oh that looks so it looks good amazing and it's the first bit of um, scenery he's ever made really yeah because he looks like he's done um, her starts moulds or something. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he's done, but it's the first one, and it's it's all sort of I don't know what he's picked up from where, but it looks great. There's like tentacles coming out of a well. Yes, I saw just, that, and the little cage for and the, the little cage yeah. for those who get sent off. So the plan is for Bonehead Bowl, hopefully to get some streaming going. If we can, if mm. we can't, then we can't. But we'll be taking lots of food, lots of photos and some videos of the teams and everybody. Um, so if you're listening to it and you're coming hey mind if we take some photos and videos of your teams just to share because everyone I've seen so far has put in loads of effort it's a serious amount of effort and I think I want to say at least half have gone out of their way to create a team just for this tournament like no other reason Joe has I have <laughs> you yeah. have um, Ben has Ben has yeah There's just it's just a great opportunity now we, we spoke about this a while ago because you spoke to either Rob or Alistair, who are frequent messengers to the, to, the, to the show, and they were like, well, there's two different types of tournaments. There's the competitive tournaments, and then there's the build the hobby tournament. That was Rob. Yeah, yeah Rob had a conversation. Hi, Rob. And um, <laughs> he's, I think I created a third one. But there's, you know, this is one of, this is the best of both worlds, which I love. Yeah, I agree. So I'm very excited for that. So... I've been doing that team, building the pitch, getting everything ready for the tournament. Spreadsheets mostly there. Should be a really good day. Should I be a really good day. I am buzzing for it. I mean, yeah. the amount of interest that we've had, the amount of effort people have put in, and and the price support we've got is great. Entoyment have been fantastic. Entoyment really love it. Yeah, really love it. And they've they've been absolutely brilliant. They've answered questions really quick with anything that we've got. 
been very supportive. Which is why I'm very excited to do two more tournaments there. I know. It's going to be brilliant. After this one. So we've got this one, then we've got eight weeks later, we've got Sewer Bowl 7s, and then two months later, we have got Tombstone Tournament. And then two and a half months after that. Four and a half months after that. Is it not October? It is. Yeah. Four and a half. Do not scare me, because that would be December. And uh, October. November, uh, December, January. Just over three months. Makes more sense. Beginning of February, then. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so in just over three months, in tournament have asked us to run a tournament for Beachhead 2020. So Beachhead is a annual event in Bournemouth. Yeah, an annual convention almost. Yeah, I think it is. It's um, it's I think they're doubling in size for next year, which is very cool. Yes, yeah. at the uh, the big the Bournemouth it International Centre. Um, they've asked us if we would run a tournament for up to 32 coaches. Um, so we said yeah. Oh <laughs> God, absolutely, um, absolutely, and if. I mean, we're going to talk about some prize support that that we've got for Sewer Bowl 7s, and I genuinely think that each tournament, our prize support will get better. So if we have a big 30-player 30 30 event at the BIC on a Saturday where there's a big convention going on, I'm hoping we'll have great turnout and really great prize support. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon we will. I reckon we will. Obviously, we've got employment now already behind us. Um, we've got, we're going to mention a couple of things in a minute, with, with people who, um, who we're starting to... To, to get a bit more friendly with <laughs> it's probably the better way of putting it and um it's just it, it's looking good it's it's oh, the future's bright <laughs> oh hopefully okay, the future's okay. bloody <laughs> um, so the only other thing i've got to mention is one shout out that missed out a bit earlier which is from the rbbl rookie league which is noob from a brush ah no wait noob, noob with a brush the chap from Wales who's got a YouTube channel that does a lot of games from RBBL. They've got a rookie league starting up in September in South Wales. Uh, this is the gentleman that asked me to, to call his friend a WhatsApp yes, in the last episode. that's the one. And just so you people know, it was the B word, not the C word. Oh, was that confusion? Yes. Oh, so wow. Someone posted saying, thanks for calling me a Charlie. <laughs> and I'm there like, well, on, on the plus side, it means I did a good job bleeping out the only swear word that has been on our podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was only a tiny swear word. Oh, it was. It wasn't a proper one. No. If you were in America, it wouldn't even be a problem. No? No. I've never been. Well, no, that's just... They, that word is fine, apparently. Oh, okay. It's in Friends. Is it really? If it's in Friends, we're probably okay. At least I'm watching more Friends, see what I can get away with. Yeah, but these days, you're not allowed to get away with anything. No, it's true. But upset someone. Mm. But yeah, but um, no, I, I didn't call you a, a, a Charlie. <laughs> I called you a Bravo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Noob with the brush did. <laughs> right. We had better start talking about some other stuff. On to our first topic. Okay, so our first topic for today is... Everything today is about tournaments, really. So, we have got our second tournament coming up in a couple of months. 10th of August. The 10th of August. Saturday the 10th of August at, again, in Toyment and Pool. Yeah. So, we've got Bonehead Bowl this coming weekend, which will be our first tournament there. I love the venue. And then we'll be running another one. The difference is, this one, you can probably guess from the name, <laughs> is, as it's called Sewer Bowl 7s, is a Blood Bowl 7s tournament. So this is the first one they asked us to run, isn't it? Yeah, they um, they asked us, basically they were going to run a 7s tournament. Um, and there was, I can't remember who it was who, who initially mentioned it, but couldn't get around to it. Um, when I started talking to, to John down there, who runs one of the leagues, um, I was saying, oh, no, it was gutted that they didn't do a 7s one. Um, you know, would you do one? And I'm like, well, we've never done any tournaments, but we consider it definitely. And in about 
a week later, I had a message for him time again. Apparently, you wouldn't mind running the sevens tournament. <laughs> absolutely. And that's where, it, that's where it came from. You mentioned it to me, and I was absolutely all for it. And they've got pitches as well, you said. They have got pitches. Which so is... they've got a half a dozen? So they've, so they've clearly been invested in this idea. Yeah. And then their previous plans have fallen through from an organisation point of view. Yeah. And because we have, well, I have control and organisation problems, as you guys <laughs> who are coming to Bono Bowl will see, um, it seems like a great shout. Plus, Blood Bowl 7s is fantastic. It's, it's a great little, great little, it's a filler, isn't it? It's a filler game. I wouldn't say it was a filler game. I said it was a different kind of game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, for more in-depth thoughts, we did cover Blood Bowl 7s in episode 2, I mm-hmm. think. But I'd love to do another episode again, coming up on the way up to, to Super Bowl 7, and I think someone's actually asked us to do that as well. Yes, they have. Yeah, which I think is awesome, yeah, because yeah. it's one of my favourite things. Now, the thing about 7s, and I know we'll, I'm going slightly off here, is because the games are quicker, it's more, I say it's more competitive, it's just easier. So a game like Magic the Gathering, or Champions, where you can get a few rounds in mm. an hour, it means that, one, the results filter down more from a Swiss format point of view, so you end up more likely to get your wins, which is obviously really good. You get more game out of it, and if you have a rubbish game, it's it doesn't matter. Like, if you go to turn four in a regular Blood Bowl game, and you just rolled rubbish, and you've lost three or four of your key pieces, you then have to go another 12 turns. Yeah. Now, the challenge of that is really fun, but in sevens, if you just drop it, it's a short half. It's a short period. It's another mm. game. You could even play two games against someone and have them be very, very different. Which So I, I like it from that point. It's a great filler when you're at home, but as a tournament format, I think I think it's I think it's really good for a competitive point of view. I like the fact you can get in, what is it, five games I think we're looking at? We're we? going for five. A lot of the other sevens tournaments do six. Oh, I think six is pushing yeah. it. The benefit of, of sevens is that it is quite quick. So you can get in five games of sevens with breaks in less time than it takes six games, uh, three games of regular football. Yep. Some tournaments roll, roll, run with four games on a one day for normal football. Yes, oh, that sounds heavy. That's that's not what we're after. We're after three comfortable games, or of of football sevens, five comfortable games, yep. which is a lot of gameplay. So we're just going to go through the rules pack quickly for Serbo, the format of the day and some of the prizes that we've got already to hopefully entice anybody out there who's listening especially those guys who are coming to Bonehead Bowl today if you end up enjoying it oh yeah we'll see you again play some sevens play some sevens if you haven't try it yeah and particularly if you are already in pool ask enjoyment for their their own pictures yeah and I'm more than happy to come down and play some some sevens sometimes Um, so the rules the rules uses that's awful. That was roses. Them rules. <laughs> Them dar rules. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to go proper Hampshire. <laughs> now, the rules format that we'll be using are the BB216 rules wherever possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the pack I've written Blood Bowl 2016 rules take precedent where duplicated. All inducements and star players available in the Death Zone books and Spike magazines are allowed unless otherwise noted. That said, you've got the NAF team list sheet that's 26 pages with all the star players and everything go for that but if you've got the spike magazines or the um, death zones and you're like oh this is cool you can run that instead so if you've got lewd grip needs to be the the more the more yeah but yeah 10k more with dodge 
It's a great shout, though. I love that. I love that little tweak. It is brilliant. So yeah, we are going with the same core rules as we are with Bonehead Bowl, which is the most modern ones that people can use, yeah. um, because it's the most accessible. Yeah. I think now there's a load of guys. The, the CRP book has been really well done, and it's been a lifeline for years. But a lot of people are getting into it now from 2016, mm. and it makes more sense to have the rules as close to what is actually in the book as possible. Agreed. That said, Blood Bowl 7s is not in that book. No, it's not. <laughs> so, the reason I haven't quite finished our PDF of this, but it will be out before Saturday, is I'm copying the Blood Bowl 7s rules into our rule pack. Cool. So that we've got it there. Yeah. I've also taken the graphic design of our pitch and put it in there with the measurements. Amazing. So, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, but I haven't finished it yet. Because <laughs> I got sidetracked. So, yeah, Blood Bowl 16 rules, but... Blood Bowl 7. So 7s, I'm sure the guys who are listening to us know already, but we'll give a quick rundown. Yep. It is a pitch that is two squares uh, two squares thinner on each side. Yep. So the wide zones are only too wide. Yeah. You've still got 7 in the middle, mm-hmm. but your wide zones are only too wide. The pitch is also three squares shorter each end, yep. so your end zone is closer. But, as you said earlier, there is no centre line. No. Instead, you take the middle point, and then there's three squares each side of no man's land. Yes. Then you have your technically line of scrimmages there. Yeah. So you end up deploying six squares away from the nearest opponent. Mm-hmm. The turns are the turns are the same. Yeah. The halves are six turns each. They are. You play in two halves, but as it's Blood Bowl sevens, you are only allowed seven players on the pitch and a maximum of eleven on your team. Yeah. Rerolls cost double. They are. So they're at a premium. Huge. And you only get 600k to build your team from the beginning anyway. You do. And yes, you're only allowed four positionals total. That's a very important one. Yeah. Thank you. No so the problem with sevens is that there have been several iterations of the rules. Ah. So you will see this. Cool. You will see confusion <laughs> on some of the some of the the, the pages and things where someone's like, oh, you can't have that. But the rules we're going with are the most recent ones on the NAF site. Cool. Which is, like you said, 0-4 positionals that aren't linemen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's anybody. So that's, you know... The, so in a human team, you've got your blitzers, your ogres, your catcher, your throwers. Your throwers. Yeah. So out of them... You can have four, four total. total. So you can either have four blitzers yeah. and nothing else. Yeah. Or one of each. Or... Exactly. Okay. But the original restriction still stands. So you can only have one ogre. Yeah. Unless in the future we open up to mixed teams, because I think that'll be amazing. Done. Yeah, mixed teams sevens. Um, but for this event, we're running with normal, the the normal lists out of the book. The other adjustment that isn't in there these days is there was a historic rule, which is represented on the maps of the pitch, where everything is one pass further away. Oh, okay. That's not covered in the most recent NAF pack. Mm-hmm. A lot of tournaments do use that restriction though. Okay. I think for this tournament we should just run with the NAF rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and so. you know what? We play it through. We find out that actually it does advantage elves or something like that. Then, then we tweak it for the future. Mm-hmm. But because your because your line of scrimmage is three squares back from the half, you still have thirteen squares to go. Yeah. So even though the pitch itself is smaller, you still have the same distance to score touchdowns. So while you think, oh, smaller pitch, Skaven elves—they're going to be absolutely amazing. They've got exactly the same amount of distance to run yeah. um, as the normal game, which is quite cool. So in that document that's on the NAF page and also in our rules pack is the kickoff table. 
which again is slightly different. It is slightly different. I'm not going to run through it all here because we've covered it in sevens before, but we have made one adjustment to it, which is that on a seven, something interesting happens. So sewer bowl sevens is set in sewers. It's of set course. in big underground caverns. Okay. It's the whole idea of sevens is that it's a, an amateur league or it is blood bowl underground. Yeah. What is more underground than playing in sewers? Yeah, playing underground. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. So Agreed. Blood Bowl Underground, this is literally that. So to take that into consideration, number seven on the kickoff table, which is normally changing weather, yeah. has changed slightly. It is still changing weather, but there is an additional additional oh. tweak. So it's called Flush Floods. Somewhere in the grimy labyrinth of sewer tunnels, a sluice has ruptured, causing a tsunami of foul water to sweep the pitch. Starting with the receiving team, each coach rolls 1d8 for... <laughs> Starting with the receiving team, each goes yeah. somewhere in the grimy labyrinthine sewer tunnels. A sluice gate has ruptured, causing a tsunami of foul water to sweep the pitch. Starting with the receiving team, each coach rolls one d8 for each player on the pitch and moves it one square in that direction. If a player would move into a square occupied by another player, that player is pushed as if by a block. Players leaving the pitch due to a flush floods are treated the same as if they've been pushed off by a block. Once this is completed for all players on the pitch, roll again on the weather table and apply the new result as the flood water washes away any previous conditions and brings new ones. Brilliant. So, while it is thematic that a whole bunch of water floods in and knocks people around, I'm hoping that that will create that extra opportunity for good luck or bad luck. So, you know, you put your gutter on the line, he gets flooded, one towards you, one towards the end zone, or everyone gets pushed towards you and you end up closer. And just a little bit, okay, it's a lot of rolling, but statistically you only roll a seven, one in six times. And it's no different than if you're doing um, pitch invasion. Exactly. It's actually quicker, because... Uh, pitch, pitch invasion is 1d6. Oh, they get stunned. So it's yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's exactly the same, <coughs> just with slightly bigger dice mm-hmm. and a scatter template. The idea is it can it mucks up everybody's layout. Yeah. But also takes away any weathers. I have adjusted the weather table. While there really isn't any weather underground, the various pestilent environmental conditions often have the same effect. <laughs> the weather table is the same as the normal weather table for Blood Bowl 7s, but has appropriately adjusted names for playing in the filthy sewer tunnels. I've put a note in the rules pack. Some coaches might wonder why the acrid stench result affects Nurgle or undead players, and the reason for that is simple. The pollution is so foul that it enchants the Nurgle players into a delighted daze well, at the same time, it simply disrupts the magic used to animate the undead players. Oh, I like that. Because sweltering heat, you're mm. like, why does this affect my Kemri guys? They're yeah. literally from the desert. <laughs> they grew up in yeah, there. This is fine. <laughs> so if there was an acrid stench, you'd be like, dude, my Nurgle guys would have you having a great time. Yeah. And they are just having a really great time. That's why they're out for the game. I like it. So the weather is exactly the same as normal Blood Bowl, but I've just changed the names slightly so that it suits the sewer. Sweet. Yeah. So team creation for the tournament, up to 600 in team value, with the following additional restrictions. Team can have a maximum of 0-4 non-lineman positionals in total. A team must have at least 7 players and no more than 11 on its roster. Rerolls cost twice the normal price. So some formats, they have fan factor and things cost more. Oh, right, okay. I don't really want to do that. No, it's too much hassle. Yeah, let's just open it up. And if it's carnage, it's carnage. But we've played a bunch of sevens with these rules, and it's been great. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely fine. So I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, inducements must be purchased at the point of team creation and are counted towards the team's total value with the following additional restrictions. Star players and extra team training cannot be taken. Yep. 
Goblins may purchase bribes for a reduced cost of 50k, and Halflings may purchase a Halfling Chef for the reduced cost of 100k. That's a, that's a big old chunk though, isn't it? It is a big old chunk, but it also it's the best way of getting rerolls in the game. Very true. Yeah, so but that's from the NAF rules. So I'm assuming that they've thought this through. Mm. However, I think a halfling team in sevens could be great fun. Yeah, just halflings. No, chuck in some trees. Really? I know. I had this thing on the drive home the other day. I was like, they right. fit underground. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I also thought about that. I was like, and can you kick underground? <laughs> well, you can. Yeah. Even though, normally with treemen, you put them on the line to smash mm. up some stuff. Because the pitch is only 11 wide, half um, treemen can move four squares, uh, two squares. Yeah. So each has a zone of five squares so there's only one square in the middle where moving through mm. you can't get past the treatment that's quite cool so if you deploy them towards the end you should be able to still get a treatment blitz or something on the go <laughs> that's insane yeah which is quite cool a but more importantly blitz. cheeky team throwing team oh yeah is, that's that's where Always. it starts so uh skills each team is allowed to give some of its players additional skills with the restrictions below each team Alright, this is the key one. Each team chooses one player to be the team captain. They gain the leader skill. Ooh, valuable reroll. Okay, here we go. So, the NAF recommends limiting or banning the leader skill, but through playing lots of Blood Bowl 7s, we feel it's better to steer into the controversy and level the playing field by allowing the team captain to take the skill regardless of normal double restrictions. Okay, cool. So you can't really afford rerolls, but at least you've got a chance to give one guy, any one guy, the leader skill. Yep. Okay, it's a tournament. Tournaments you normally play with more team value than normal. This is that grace. Yep. It's a case of, right, you're going to take the leader reroll. This does mean we've reduced the number of additional skills allowed, but we still think it allows a great variety of builds and hopefully increases the character element of those few players that do have a special role to play. So the idea is you've only got three or four guys with skills tops. Yep. But they become really important. So... The team captain can swap the leader skill for a normal skill if they so wish. Okay. So if you're like, nah, I'm not going to go, I'm going to go without it, I want that other skill, you can do so. Teams will have a number of skills based on their team's tier rating, and no player may be given more than one additional skill. The extra skill for the team captain is included in this role. In cool. this role. So the tiers are the standard tiers, so one, two, three, goblins, mm-hmm. halflings, ogres being in three. I did look at the sevens results from the NAF website, and... I didn't see the point in changing it up. Cool. It'll be fine. So, at the moment, what we're running with is that Tier 1 teams have the King Captain yep. and are allowed one normal skill. Yep. So on a Tier 1 team, you get two skills total. Uh-huh. On a Tier 2 team, you get the Captain and up to two normal skills, one of which may be a double. Mm-hmm. And Tier 3, up to three normal skills, plus the Captain, and two of them may be doubles. I definitely want to run ogres in this situation. That's it. I think tier three could be really great fun. Yeah. You end up with four skills and two of them are doubles. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. Was it 20k snotlings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of ogres, bunch of snotlings, bunch of block. But I still you could run think... three ogres quite yeah. easily on that. But I still think you'd lose to a well-played elf team. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But you'd cause some carnage. Oh, wouldn't you just? So, the... These rules have a lot less skills than some other tournaments. Mm-hmm. They have about the same as normal sevens tournaments. From what I've looked, I've looked at a load of different ones. But the great thing about sevens is that it, it is a tight little rule set anyway. Mm. So 
let's not go overboard. I agree. I think it, it works as it is. And I don't think it needs to be messed around with too much. Although I do like the um, the sluice gate weather. I think that should be fun. And you know what? It's not going to come up that often. And when it does, all it's going to do is create a slightly different situation. Yes, it could rob you from a one-turn touchdown or actually but putting you one square back. I don't know. It just gives that little bit of random element. Yeah. And I like that. I do. So... I wasn't allowed to put any of the other fun stuff in there, like terrain and things. I thought it would be great, but it would probably just overcomplicate things. It'd be too much, I think. Yeah. Too much, but yeah. not necessarily in the future. <laughs> Been restrained. It's we good. Should. It's a good thing. <laughs> so, tournament schedule. It is a five-round event. So, we'll have two rounds before lunch, and then three rounds after, awesome. and then an awards ceremony at the end. Matches will be an hour and 15, and we've got a little bit of time in between matches, but not a lot of it. So the idea is they're kind of stacked up too. But there's a bit of spare time later on. So if we go into lunch late, we can push it back. If we go into round five late, we can push it back. Well, if we, I think we'd be hard-pushed to get to that hour and 15 minutes. I do too. I really do. I think an hour is fair. Yeah. And then you've got the 15 minutes spare. Yeah. And you know what? If everyone is done and the results are in, we'll just move a round up. Mm. We can make it work. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. It's not a problem at all, is it? And... Like my, my plan here is the same as our plan is for Bonehead Bowl, which is we'll have the pitches numbered. Sweet. So that when we can call out the match pairings, it will be Coach Three, probably Rich, <laughs> Coach Four, probably Rich. Um, you're on pitch two, and it can be organised. The reason I say that is because <laughs> uh, six people who are going to Bonehead Bowl are called either Rich or Ben. It's genuinely three of each. So I'm looking at this and I was like, ah, oh, do I put their initials? No, because two of the Richards have P's. They do. So there's two Richard P's as well. So oh, I was like, you know oh. what? I'm just uh, rich. You, <laughs> everybody gets a number. You can just be that coach's number. Yep. And we'll have lanyards again. So kickoff table is as it is on sevens. And the weather is acrid stench, which is sweltering heat. Gloomy mist, which is very sunny. Minus one to passing rolls. Yep. Not nice, but okay is the nice. <laughs> Not nice, but okay. <clears throat> For weather. Okay. Uh, slimy condensation. Or it rain, oh, yeah. and steaming sludge for blizzards. Yep. So it kind of makes sense, it kind of fits, and it should be cool. And because it's sevens, and the pitches are smaller, and I've got a good couple of months, well, you know, a good month and a half, hmm. I should be able to build up some seven switches. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'll be casting like crazy on Friday. Um, all the tiles I cast last week, I've gone to Craig to build a one-shot dungeon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. He's, he's on it. It's really cool. Um but sewer ball pitches shouldn't be too difficult. No, shouldn't be too bad at all. I've got them planned out. They'll be like gullies for yeah. water. I'm going to try and get Lewis to show me how he did his water effects on his lizardman bases oh, to brilliant. see if we can just have gunge going through it. That'd be brilliant. It would be really cool. Oh, I like that a lot. So, what's the point of going to a tournament? Having fun. 100%. Trying out some crazy builds and winning some prizes. Prizes. Everyone so, has prizes. Loot. We will have... We will have some trophies. We'll have some dice. We'll have some dice. We'll have some pin badges. We'll have some mugs, because I love mugs. Probably lanyards. There will absolutely be lanyards, unless after Bonehead Bowl, people are like, now nah, this is a rubbish idea. Yep. Um, in which case, I'll be sad. <laughs> but ever so slightly richer. So it, so it balances out. It balances out. And we've got at least two very cool prizes we have. to give away as part of this one as well. So, you start with your one. The big one. The big one. Big one. So, as we all know, as you all know, we um, worked with 
Punga Miniatures. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were going to cough. We worked with oh, Punga sorry. Miniatures. Um, uh, obviously, we helped them with their, uh, their, their most recent Kickstarter. Um, Pirates. Pirates. So we, with you lot, we actually created, fully created a miniature, which is just insane, which um, Tom Luxton ended up drawing for them at Punga's request as well. Which is so cool. I still need to speak to him because I actually want that drawing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll see if he'll let me have it. Um, or buy it. I might buy it. Friday signs it. Um, and then we created the rules for their female pirate. Pirate. Their female pirate. Um, as such, we kind of uh, had a bit of a conversation with them in chat, and they are willing to sponsor us. Sponsor us? That's not true. Donate to us a full team as a prize for Sewer Bowl 7. Which is amazing. It's incredible. So, Punga do absolutely fantastic teams straight off the bat anyway, but to have a whole team to give away for a Blood Bowl 7 tournament is a really great gesture. And at Servo 7s, I want that to be the Underworld Denizens team. Will it be out? If it's out. If it's out. If it's out, I would love it to be the Underworld Denizens team. Because it would just make sense. It would make a lot of sense, uh, but it would just be whether or not that's out yet, because that's yeah. coming out. It is coming out. But if not, we there will definitely oh, be a God. full team. Their other teams are amazing. Available. And that's, that's just for starters. That is just for starters. So that's before we use the entry money to buy prizes, like we have at Bonehead Bowl. Yep. So we're on the way to 100 quid's worth of stuff, I think, something like that. Something ridiculous like that, yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Hopefully, Sevens will be just as popular. It might be less, it might be more. But we are already starting with a team to we're give away. already thinking of you lot. Oh, my goodness. It's awesome. And... See, I think this is an even cooler prize, personally. Um, but I spoke a few episodes ago about getting a sevens pitch made up for myself to play in Tenerife. Yeah, is that where you went on holiday? Mm, yes, going to Grand Canaria this time. I get this confused. Tenerife, mate. You went to Tenerife. I did, yeah. To play in Tenerife, to play TIFF. And when I ordered from Maelstrom, um, he was like, would you like another one for your girlfriend? And I was like, yes. And he said to me, if she doesn't want it, Give it away as a prize. I checked this week. She had forgotten about it and isn't interested in having it again. So I've kept it just for Secret Sevens. Amazing. No, just for Sewer Bowl Sevens to give away as a prize. That's incredible. Because I think it will be awesome. Um, and every time we post it, someone says, where can I get this from? Where can I get this from? Yeah, it's 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 almost getting to a point where we might have to have a conversation. <laughs> we, we definitely do. Yeah, I think we do. We definitely um, do. I think as a general rule, to be perfectly honest. We'll get some merch loots out for yeah. you not to buy. To be fair, I can promise you this. It won't go to me and Ben. We'll just stick it straight back in the tournament. Absolutely. Stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, some serious negative equity when it comes to tournament stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but it's worth it. So we will have at least one essentially custom, uh, custom Blood Bowl 7s pitch with our logo on, which would be but very our faces, cool. faces, our ogre yeah. faces. And a Punga team and... A whole bunch of loot from Entoyment. Yeah, this doesn't count um, the dice that we, we're obviously going to have dice. We've got away. dice. We've already got those dice. We might see if we get some we're more gonna dice. We're going to have to get some more, I think. We are definitely going to have to get because some more. Because we've got 18 sets uh, left. Yeah. yeah we've no, got 19 sets left. Should we go over different colours this time or not? Because I like this one. I like this one. Yeah. It makes sense. We're blue and green. I like it. Let's we'll stick with blue and let's green. Let's keep that the same. But yeah, that's... That's just the beginning. Yeah. Now, while we've only got two months before the tournament, we will get Bonehead Bowl absolutely smashed this weekend. Oh, yeah. And then we will start absolutely hooning it towards Sewer Bowl. Yep. So we'll see updates, we'll see prizes, we'll see the rules pack come out probably the day before Bonehead Bowl this week. 
I want you to read it through first, make sure you have it. Sweet. And then, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll go absolutely into Super Bowl Seven. Amazing. Because I would love for for Blood Bowl Sevens to to start being a really popular way of playing. I think it is. I mean, I said to you just before we we started recording this that um, we started a Discord chat recently. Yeah. And um, one of the guys on there decided to to trial the Sevens um, game with his son after we spoke about it and said this is the best way of doing it go about it you need to do it this way yeah. and he kind of went alright well let's see if you're right and apparently it just smashed out of the park his kid loved it he loved it and uh, um, he's already asked for his own team uh, so, so it's cool. just kind of it, it works it's such a cool gateway game for Blood Bowl it is it's a really quick format I, I really like it it's just fun it's just fun you know what I think it's more relaxed than normal Blood Bowl Purely because you go into it, because there's no re-rolls, you're expecting it to go wrong. Yeah. So you're not kind of looking at it kind of going, ah, it's all right, I've got a re-roll if this doesn't work out. You're looking at it kind of going, I've got no re-rolls. And that's the, the great thing is that for the beginner players, I think the element of luck is balanced. Yeah. You make good choices, but even the people who are making great choices can be cursed out. Oh. So it introduces that balancing element. But for the seasoned players... It teaches you to choose, to make better choices. Yeah. Because at some point, your luck is going to run out, so you've got to do the most important things first. 100%. And I genuinely think that playing sevens with less re-rolls helped make me a better Blood Bowl player. I think it does make me. And and also, if it sucks, you're over within 45 minutes. Yeah. You can just rack them up again or run a different team. Yeah. The, only thing I, the only thing I don't know what to do is, um, I don't know how well it will work, is skill developments in a league. Hmm. But we'll Could talk about it quite quickly. Mind yeah. you, if you've only got 11 players on the roster. The thing is, they've got this rule in the NAF that says when a guy levels up, you have to roll to see whether he just disappears and gets poached. Oh. Yeah. Well, which, maybe you'll have one level up if it goes to level two. I think would be rubbish. I think so. Like, oh, I understand that if it's a amateur league and you're kind of moving your way up. Exactly. Then yes, there would be. But maybe at the end of the season, if they're over a certain level, level two, level no, level three, maybe? That's what Death Zone should have been. You should have rolled versus their amount of skill ups. Yeah. Not their amount of seasons. Yeah. So oh, yeah, because look at my mino. That's exactly it. He's two seasons in, he's level six. He would balance out overpowered gutter runners, overpowered war dancers, mm. and it's the most ridiculous thing in the world where you've got a lineman with block who's now demanding an extra 20k to stay on the team, but your gutter runner with a million skills is fine. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just silliness. Absolute silliness. Anyway, Sewer Bowl 7s. 10th of August. Let us know if you're interested. Rules pack will come up. Lots of prizes. The page is out there on Facebook. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it will be on our website too. Okay, so the second topic of today's episode is mailbag slash questions. Mailbag! So we got messaged on the new Discord. We did. Saying you guys should talk about you should answer questions that we've we've sent in or you know talk about some of this bits. Now, some of the things that you guys have suggested are really good, and we'll do them as full topics on a later date. Agreed. So, specifically, the ones I made a note of were underrated skills. Underrated skills. That, yep. Discuss little use skills. So, we're talking about the likes of pass block and things like that. Yep. And oh, inducements. Inducements for noobs. Yeah. Which we've started with wizards, but actually, you know what? I think it's... If, for new players, you've got 100, you've got 200, what's a really good way of doing it? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I went about it completely the wrong way for a, a number of months. Oh, everybody does. Everybody just takes the halfling chef. Every, yeah, that's yeah. what I did for 10 games. When they should really now take the wizard. Oh, yeah. 
I didn't have that option back then. No, we didn't have wizards back then. No. But no, it was um, yeah, it was a learning curve. But I think I don't. I I think as a player, you want them to make their own mistakes so you get a better chance of winning a game. <laughs> I think it's just. I think I genuinely. I think when it comes to inducements, the biggest barrier is not having star players. What the actual models? Or? Yeah, because until you start looking at the options, you. I, I know I did this. Like when I started, I was like, I'm not even going to bother looking at star players because I'm not interested in them. I don't know, don't know what I'm doing. I'll just take a couple of kegs or a team training or something mm. like that. Now we've talked about this hundreds of times. Focusing on your league team's growth, sometimes star players can hinder it. Yep. Sometimes they can soak SPPs and they can do that. So I was very much along the lines of, well, I'd rather just have my team. I'll take a mercenary, chuck them on the line to die. <laughs> And uh, then my team will get skills and develop. But if you're going for the win, or if you're going for carnage, the only, literally the only star players we saw for the first three seasons of Wobble were the weapons. Oh, really? Yeah, just because Ultimate they were there to cause damage and let your team do what it does. But uh, from talking through, I mean, we've we've done, you know, I don't know how many star players we've spoken about now, but there's so much that you can use to still win the game while out, without hampering your team. Yep. I know a couple of episodes ago we spoke about a high off one or two high off ones because Ben started his high off team. Yes. Or pro off team. Can't remember. He went with high off. High off, yeah. And it was like, actually, this guy's really useful because you don't soak the SPPs. And that's... Just support. Yeah. Like um, Slibly. Slibly is a fantastic example. He is a support guy. He's got grab, he's got guard. I think he's got grab. He has got grab. Yeah, um, he just makes the rest of your team better. Yeah. So very briefly, inducements-wise, check your wizards and check the star players that are available for your team. Yeah, just have a look at what you're playing against. If you're playing against dwarves and you've got an option with somebody either with claw or a chainsaw, <laughs> yeah. then take it because they're high armored. They're difficult. And you know what? That just sweats them. Mm. Like even though they've got the high armor and they're normally used to being invulnerable for dwarves, actually, if you take a couple of them out, they're down to nine guys. And they're not very fast. No. That's a really good way of working around a higher tier dwarf team. Right, what was the next, uh, the next topic? Uh, people wanted our opinions on the new GW paints. Oh, the contrast, contrast paints. What do you think? I've not used them. I'm, I think they're going to be great for people who don't like painting and just want to get it to the table. Yep. Or for beginners. Now, I think they're going to be great for Randall. Well, I think we mentioned this in the last episode. Quite possibly, we? yeah. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I don't see myself using them a lot, if at all, because I want to improve as a painter. And I don't believe contrast paints will actually help me do that. You're right. It is a good way to get started or to start um, batch painting at treat. So, yeah. if, you know, if you go to tournaments, it might be a good idea. <laughs> I have got one. I've tried it. Yeah. And it's okay. So... I'm a proper geek. I have lots of very tiny tanks. So I bought the green one. Oh, I was like, this is going to be great. Just mm. going to slap some green on and it will shade it and highlight it. Um, and to be honest with you, it doesn't look much different than what I was already doing, which was priming white and then painting a watered down green on it. Okay. So for me, I've not seen a lot of benefit. Now, we've seen loads of stuff on communities. Mm. We've seen some stuff in our group chat where people are using them. Yeah. The flesh ones look really good they do look very good uh, Milton put a photo up of um, uh, an elf face yes did. an elf face and it did look did. very good and, and um, Callum one of the other players the Callum really the Callum is now his name 
all these ogres, the skin's a bit of a oh, contrast. Yeah. And and yeah, to be fair, after my um I, I had a um what's the word I'm looking for? I had a confidence knock earlier on this week when I tried painting some um or end of last week when I was doing some oh, light skin. flesh tone. Yeah. And I kind of just threw my toys out of the pram and I ended up having to go back to it when in fact a contrast paint probably would have solved all my issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean I went back to it last night and everything's okay. The, um, only, the only thing for me is where you have to apply it over to over a white or grey colour anyway it I, I don't know if I because I'm quite a messy painter where I block paint add agrax maybe highlight it twice <laughs> you know, and it works for me yeah. I don't know if I would slap on my brown and then realise that the brown had gone over the areas I want to be a different colour right. then I have to repaint those ones white and then apply the other contrast to it. Right, yeah. For me, it just feels a bit... I don't know if... I I don't think I'm careful enough as a painter. You need to be a bit tidier. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't, because I'll just yeah. block paint and then chuck out rags. <laughs> which works absolutely great for me. So I think it. I think they could be cool. I'll definitely, over time, will pick some up and you will see... You will see other people using them. However, I don't know if you guys who are not in the UK have these sweets we have here called Smarties. They're chocolate... Sugar-coated chocolates. Yeah, they're tiny little round, almost flat ball things that are multiple coloured. If you leave them in the fridge, Mm -hmm. so if you have vending machines or something where you buy Smarties and they've been in the fridge, they get washed out. They They get faded. And the contrast painted miniatures look like that to me. Oh, okay. They look a little bit like stone-washed jeans. (laughs) where, Where it's because it's white... Everything, it just kind of looks a bit faded. Yeah. The models look faded to me. Okay. Oh, yeah, I get that. I do get that. Although the, um, I think the Seraph on the Craig did has come out really quite well. They've got very, very good blue. In fact, the Callum had a good blue on his trousers as well. Yeah. With the ogres. And I don't know whether it was just the demo models they were doing, but every time I saw something, I was like, oh, it just looks a bit faded. It looks a bit white over the top. They didn't wow me. But then I, 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 I even admitted to this in the, in the group chat that, I just got overwhelmed by everybody. Absolutely everybody going, <laughs> look at these amazing new contrast paints. Look what I've done. This is great. Oh, look. First model of the contrast. Everybody's I, doing yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen a great Blood Bowl team painted with them yet. No. Although I think they'd be great for the likes of uh, Poxwalkers. Poxwalkers oh, amazing. Rotters, sorry. And, and like you said, you know, if you're playing bigger army games with, um, you know, the Lizardmen or Skaven or something, oh, that'd be really useful. Agreed. Anything that's got a good amount of texture. Um, yeah. Tyranids in 40k. Absolutely, I will. I even I message the guys at the Games Workshop in Southampton to see what colours would be useful for gene stealers. Oh, sweet! Because I want to make a little kill team out of my space holder stuff. That'd be cool. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I haven't used them enough to judge them. Um, I was didn't work out for what I wanted, but I've seen some. I've seen some spaceships painted with them, and they look great. Yeah. I will get some for that. Okay. The lighter colours, the yellows and the blues, look pretty good. I will probably get some for Randall Seraphon. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great... Oh, oh my God, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. But I think it will take all the stress out of it. He'll get them painted. Contrast and a two-inch brush, paint themselves. Oh, that's it. And yeah. yeah, so I'll probably get two or three colours just for him to kind of slap it on and away we go and, <laughs> and it, it gets it where he wants it, which I think is the most important thing, really. So before the episode, we looked through at questions and comments and things mm. that you guys have posted and there was one on either Twitter or Instagram that so sorry I can't remember who who it was that posted it but said it would be useful to do some kind of what's the word a glossary yeah yeah um, a glossary of 
oh, I can't remember the wording now. It was a glossary of high play style rule stuff. Oh my god. I'm not even going to bother trying to find it now because I couldn't earlier. It's a glossary of like next level tactics, okay. I suppose. And the one he mentioned like tactics. Yeah, was um, value on the pitch. Right, okay. And I thought that was quite interesting. So uh, I don't know if I've, I've not thought about it until he said that. It's like stuff like value on the pitch and column defence and things like that. I was oh, like, wow. actually, there's some really high level topics, high level tactics. High level tactics, that's there what he said. Is. High level tactics. Value on the pitch is something I'd never considered about. I've never considered before. But if you think about, okay, you're running a 1500 team. Mm. Actually, you know what? You're running two 1,200 teams. Uh-huh. One team's got 14 players, and they've all got one skill-up. Yep. Another team's got three players with a bunch of skill-ups. Yep. You can only put so many players on the pitch at any one time. Mm-hmm. So some of the TV is bloked from fan factor and from re-rolls. Yep. And then you've got your reserves. If you look at the actual players on the pitch... That team value is the one that really influences the game the most. Not the whole thing. Exactly. So it's quite interesting. I hadn't considered that before. So if you you take a starting 1 million human team, how many players do you get? 12? If you take an ogre, it's 11. If you don't take an ogre, yeah, 12. Okay. Let's, for the purposes of this example, take the non-ogre build. Yeah. So you've got 1 million. You've got 11 players on the pitch. You've got three re-rolls. Yeah. So three re-rolls. It's 150k. And alignment, that's another it's another 200k. So your your value on pitch, roughly 100,000, is 800k. Huh. And it was interesting to to think about some of the tournament builds you do as well. So if you take a star player, if you take, um, if you see some of the tournament builds, they use less and less rerolls. Yeah. That is to get star players or more positionals uh, on the pitch to increase your value on pitch. Okay. Which also means targeting someone's big guy. So if you took um, Nashrak or Thark, you take them out, they're 300k down value on pitch. Then you end up swinging it from, I don't know, 900 on the pitch to 600 on the pitch. Can you imagine racking up and saying, do you know what we're going to play? We're going to play 1300 against 1 million. Or 1 million against 700. You are SOL at that point. Yeah. And I think that's something that's a next level tactic that we should probably cover. I like that idea. Yeah, we need to talk about that a bit more, I think. Because I had not considered that before. But you take out... So the Death Roller is a really great example of this. It's 160k? I don't know. Something like that. Great. So you take it as an inducement or you buy it in your league and now your, your league team's 1400. But your value on pitch, once that's gone, drops nearly 200k. Yeah. It's a very temporary adjustment. And I thought that was quite interesting. I do like that. Makes me want to run a team without any rerolls. Just to see. Well, just, just to get the most value on that pitch. Because you don't ever really want to bench your top players. No. There are sometimes you do, obviously, for tactical reasons. Mm. But generally speaking, you're better off having four gutter runners on a pitch than three in a lineman. Yeah. Unless you don't have enough linemen to go on the line. Mm-hmm. Then that's a terrible idea. <laughs> And there are times where you're like, it's even bad when you have to put your blitzer on the line. You're like, ah, oh, this is bad. <laughs> it's gonna die. And that's why my second blitzer always dies, is because my line rats die, and then he goes on the line, and then he dies. It's it's, it's brutal. Like the shores. 
Next one up, next one up. Uh, but yeah, so that's value on pitch. Mm. And it'd be interesting to see if anyone out there has ever heard of that or whether it's just something that everybody else thinks about and I've never considered before. I've never considered it. I can't imagine it's something you really think about too much. You always look at it as a whole, don't you? I'm going to now, and I might adjust our league spreadsheet. Oh, really? Just chuck an extra column in with a tick to see whether it's on the pitch. Oh. Or tick it to say it's on the bench, just to give you a value on pitch for your yeah, setup. That'd be interesting. Because, yeah, it would be... It's just one of those things that I've never thought about before. But if, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with four rerolls. Okay, but that's, uh, that's a lot of value balance that isn't on the pitch. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, isn't it? Especially when you come to something like an ogre team. Mm. Because if you take a million build, you've got a choice of six ogres and no rerolls, or four ogres and three rerolls or something. And while rerolls are very useful, I think that's why you see in some tournaments less rerolls and more player. Because if you're not doing anything with an ogre, it's still much better than not doing anything with a snotling and a reroll. I think, I think is kind of the crux of the matter. I reckon that you could still do... Five ogres. Five ogres, two rerolls. I think that's... I think that's a decent tournament build. Five ogres? I know, because you haven't got enough for them. But leagues, you tend to go more rerolls. So I think it's normally 4-3 for a league team to start out. So I million. Oh, there you go. You could do five ogres, eight snotlings, and two rerolls on a league build. Yeah, but... While your value on pitch is better... It takes so you rerolls. forever to buy more rerolls. Yeah, but no, don't worry about rerolls. Yeah, well, I might. Do, I, I genuinely might do a um a no reroll team. So when I ran Burmay Handball, I think that was eleven hundred, and I think I had, I think I had five and three. You did have five. Yeah. And yeah. Bomber dribble snow. Three, four, five. Bomber dribble snow. Learn a valuable lesson that throw it into the empty square so they can't catch it. Like, yes, oh, I've never used him before. It's still great fun though. <laughs> My little snotling riding around on a tiger tank with a scud <laughs> missile. <laughs> that was cool. That was good fun. Uh, right, any other questions? Um, they in Discord, um, they called it skill off, where we have a discussion every week over one skill against another, i.e. block versus dodge. Ooh. What would you rather take? Block versus dodge. Now, the proper response is it depends on the player type. It does completely. The maths response is that on defense, it is exactly the same. I reckon the real question is human lineman. Yeah. Completely vanilla. It's your, it's your average player, isn't it? Six, three, three, eight, no skills. Yes. If you roll a double, yeah. would you take the dodge or would you go with block? <clears throat> dodge is very cool and it's very useful to put on a bashy player on a double. So like a black orc. Black orcs with dodge are amazing. Yeah. A human lineman, I probably wouldn't take the dodge. No, I would take block for him. I want him to stay exactly where he is. Exactly. Dodge is great for anything with edge four. Yes. Or up. Obviously, yeah. Anything with block already, mm-hmm. and anything that wouldn't normally get block, uh, wouldn't normally get dodge. That's on the line, because it adds that extra defense. Yeah. Uh, because especially if you can get block on a general. Yeah. I guess that's the question: is what skill can you take on a normal? <laughs> Because <laughs> we talked about this when we were looking at builds for the Minotaur. Yes. Because we said if you can't get, if you don't get a doubles, you take this skill. Yeah. Because if you get normals next time, you take this skill and you can pull it off. 
Or you just roll three doubles in a row. Oh, yeah, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. Um, oh, wouldn't the strength up be sweet as well? What am I, mine, eh? Blitzing strength seven. Yeah. Oh, I've got one more skill if I can get into level seven. Yeah. And I might use loaded dice. I don't need loaded dice. I should practice them. I have a question there. What? Should there be more levels after level seven? No. Why not? Because that would be major bloating. It wouldn't. It would take, like, another 100 SPP to achieve. I think there's a way that that's worked out, isn't it? Isn't it doubled every time? Something like that. Doubled. Which means it would be nearly 200. So? To get. Allow it. Yeah. Allow you're it. unlikely to get there, you're aren't you? very unlikely to get there. And it's only one more skill. It's only one more skill. It is true. It's only once you've got six skills. What are you going to take? That's true. Yeah. There's only so many builds, isn't there? Exactly. So if the last one's 175... 176. So the next one will be 350. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, 351. The next one after that will be 701. Yeah. <laughs> then 1401. Just have it go infinite. And at some point, you just call them a Chaos God. <laughs> It's run Mirror out of skills. One. Yeah. Chaos God. They just they've just anointed and what they got every single skill. All the skills. Who killed him? A snotling on a three die uphill. Exactly. <laughs> Triple power. It'd be so good. It would be so good. <laughs> a David versus Goliath situation. Oh yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's necessary. I think maybe on the online stuff because you can power through games more often but you can I mean I've got um, my orc team is at 2770 or something ridiculous but still I mean I don't I don't really uh, I don't see the point in having a limit on that one I think see how far it goes go infinite <laughs> just go infinite that would be cool it would be interesting to see okay any more for any more for today uh, no the only other thing I would say is the the discord chat the only reason that came about is because someone asked if we had a general discussion chat so um, we do now. We are on Discord. Um, I have posted uh, a bit up on it on our page so people are aware. Um, some days it's quite full of conversation. Other days it's a bit quieter. Um, but it's just general chit-chat. And we're talking about tournament builds. We've spoken about um, a couple of these um, uh, uh, questions that we've spoken about today. Um, like opinions on the, on the new paints and things like that. So um, it's just a bit of um, it's a bit of fun. It's like-minded people. And it's all very good-natured in there. So... If you fancy a, a chat where you don't have to give your number out, which is why we didn't use WhatsApp, um, then then come on down and, and take a squiz um, at our Facebook page for the link. There are some bots on there, but just ignore them. Yeah. You want to pop up and say, GLHF? Yeah. Like, oh, cheers, buddy. So, yeah, if you join the chat and your opening line is GLHF, maybe follow up with another real sentence. Yeah, because chances are we'll, we'll remove you. And more importantly, if anybody has an iPhone and can tell me how to make the little red box come up with how many new messages are on it, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> because uh, every now and again I get the drop-down thing at the top and I'm like, oh, someone's said something. I log on and there's like a thousand messages and um, I've missed all of it at that point. Groovy. So that's it for all of our core topics. On to our star player. Okay, so star player time. It's not one from the CRP, it's not one from the NAF team list, it is a spoiler from the Wood Elf loot stuff that's come out. Brand new! I'm going to assume this is real and it's from the Twitch, I didn't actually see it, I missed, uh, missed that, I don't know why. To be fair, this is the first time I've seen this. Oh yeah. And I, and I picked up on the half leg in half a second. So, we're going to go for the Zote. Zolkath the Zote. So, a Zote is a lizard man style centaur that I think came about either in 2nd or 3rd edition Warhammer or Rogue Trader, the 1st edition 40k. Oh, so is that, is that 
40k in in Old World's Blood Bowl. Well, they That's were the same universe right at the beginning. They had the same. They had the same everything. So, I don't pew pew. I'm learning. Yeah. So really, back in the day, like before either of us were born, there were zotes. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, there are rules for them in Blood Bowl because I found them and I took a photo and sent them to the group chat. You did. There was a zote and there was an amble. Rules for ambles in Blood Bowl. Amble is the big pincer thing they released for Blackstone Fortress recently. <sighs> Used to exist back in the day. I love that. Yeah, so cool. I think it's something to do with Dungeon Bowl, but one of the original oh, Dungeon Bowls. There's there also a secret team. There's a Zote secret team. Oh, we'll have to have a look at that. Let's talk about that sometime. Yes. So, this guy is Zolkath the Zote. Now, I'm going to assume it's Zote. It's Zote, not Zoat, because of how boat is said. Yes. Um, and, you know, oats. So, and anyway. float. Anyway, Zolkath. He can play for Amazon, Lizardmen, and Wood Elves. Don't know why Amazon. They've already got Dodge. I don't think they need anything else. Anyway, huh. he is 280, and he is 5529. He is a Minotaur. He's an ogre. He is an ogre. You're He's right. Ogre. I got the armor wrong. He is an ogre. Disturbing presence, juggernaut, loner, mighty blow, prehensile tail, regeneration, short feet. So, loner, let's get rid of that. That's fine. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> um, prehensile tail. I like. Okay, that's quite useful. Disturbing presence. I love. That's the good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, he is a beast and. He affects everything within him, within three inches, within three inches. And normally, you only get that with the creepy teams. Yes, but I don't, I don't know why this guy is so creepy. I think it might just be because he is a giant. I think it's just because he's a monster. Yeah, he is an actual monster. Juggernaut, mighty blow. Right, he's got regeneration. That's fine. I like it. Okay, he probably has regeneration. So his actual skills, mighty blow with strength five, yep. is brilliant. Juggernaut with strength five. Really, really good. Yeah. So he doesn't have block. So Juggernaut, like we actually just discussed just then, Juggernaut is a poor man's block, yep. isn't it? It's the strength guy's block. Mm -hmm. So if you blitz with him, you can do the push. It's a shame he doesn't have Frenzy as well. Yeah. But you can blitz with a strength five guy with Mighty Blow, and you're pretty safe to do so. Agreed. You're pretty safe to do so. He's got short feet, which I'm assuming is because he's a centaur. Yeah, the bull centaurs do as well. Exactly. They? they have sprint as well, don't they? So this guy is a slow, bigger bull centaur with disturbing presence. Do you know what I love, though? We've got... He has strength five. Yes. He has no negatrate other than loner. That is a really good point. That is a really good point. So while he doesn't have any particular clear skills, he does a lot of stuff. So he's a roadblock because he's got prehensile tail, he's strength five, and he's disturbing presence. Yep. Okay, he's, so he's... you put him on the line, he will hold his own. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you've got that disturbing presence in there as well. If you want to attack with him, he's got Juggernaut and Mighty Blow. So you can choose someone and go and punch him. He doesn't have break tackle, so we can't dodge in there. No. And uh, he doesn't have frenzy, so he can go absolutely nuts to it. But if you are, if you need muscle, this guy could be really cool. Agreed. Agreed. And without the the worry of a um of a bonehead or wild animal exactly or anything that. like that. Which I think is probably a, a decent chunk of his value. I agree. I I would value that at around forty k, if not more, possibly fifty. Yeah. When I did it with Random, when we did our create a hero, uh, hero league, hero league, create a star player, 
The option was you could either remove a nega trait from a big guy, i.e. really stupid or bonehead, or you could give him a stat increase. Yeah, I think that's probably about on par. I mean, uh, Grashnak doesn't have Bionic, does he? No, and Ripper doesn't Ripper have. Ripper doesn't either, and they're in the same league. So Ripper's strength 6, but he's slower, and he's about 280. This guy's 280, he's strength 5, he's a little bit faster. So they are, they are comparable. I mean, yeah, you're never usually use them on the same team. Unless you do mixed teams. Oh, well, no. Amazon, yeah, neutral, yeah. Um, that is quite a cool player. And you know what? I just really want to see the model. I do. There's already been um, teasers yeah, by people going, I definitely didn't. Other companies. <laughs> by other companies. Absolutely, think they're brilliant. Um, <laughs> they are great. So looking like what else are going to have? Eldrill, Jordel, Morg, Willow Rosebark still, the Swiftins. Uh, the Swiftins? Swiftins. The Swift Twins. Glorious Summer Bloom, I've not seen before. No. Looks like a elf. I think it's a ward answer. Uh, oh, no. Strength two. Oh, catcher then. Yeah. It's a catcher. Catcher. Swift Vine Glimmer Shard, who is a little spite, which is very cool. Actually, uh, Stab, stab. And stunty. No secret weapon. And stunty, which and is stunty. very cool. Maple High Grove, which I think is a... It looks like a baby tree. Well, no, it's a full tree. Interesting. 3, 5, 1, 10. But we can only play for wood elves, which is a shame. And Kurnoth Darkwald, who is a ward answer. So there's yep. some cool stuff coming from Wood Elves. Hopefully we'll see them soon. And when we do, we're going to try and get Simon on the podcast to talk about him because he has done a lot of stuff with Wood Elves. He has, even if we haven't seen him in, like, forever. Well, he had a, a little boy, Kellen, and he's he's busy doing that. I'm, soon, I'm sure soon enough he'll be uh, coming back and playing some games. That'll be cool. Which would be very cool. Right, well, that's everything for the episode today. Thank you all very much for joining us. And don't forget, two heads aren't always better than one. <laughs>